And this week on Reliving the Extreme, we are going to be discussing the episode of ECW from May the 30th, 1995. You heard him just there. Mr. Chad Austin is here. Chad, how's it going? Bam! Frank Rizzo. And of course, my brother Aaron is here with me as well. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing on this fine Tuesday evening? If the fucking cracker that stole my phone is listening to this, he can go fuck himself. Stole your phone? You walk to Walmart? Oh, I put my phone down at work and came back around where it should have been, and it was just gone. It's like the lost and found. I did. And it's not a very big store. I can even control the music, so I turned it down and called it and heard nothing. So no, do you have a do you have a padlock on it? Like a little gimmick number? Yeah. Well then what are they gonna do with it then? I don't know. I just then I had to go through the whole fucking rigmarole of buying a new phone and rigmarole? It's a pain in the ass. You went through the whole rigmarole? It wasn't yep. just the rig or a marole? You had to go through all of it? All of it. Oh my god, the whole rigmarole. I hate it when you have to add the marole. I know, dude. I mean, I, I I'm a big fan of just going through the rigor. You know, you just gotta walk down to customer service. Anybody find a phone? And then, you know, you gotta go back to in line and deal with the marole. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, you people are killing me. <laughs> why don't we have self? Why do we have self checkout? <laughs> that kills me too. Why, how come every time everybody goes to self checkout, they always gotta flag somebody down to help them out because they can't scan their bananas. Then don't go to self-checkout if you don't know how to scan bananas. If you're too stupid to be a cashier, stop trying to be a cashier. Well, no, it's the self-checkout. Yeah, they're they're too stupid. So yeah, we gotta we gotta yell down to Miss Mika. Miss Mika, number three. Shake my head. <laughs> and don't don't think I'm not even on this. Then I'm going to call the 1-800 Walmart radio app and going to give Miss Mika a shout out. You know, on the Walmart radio app. And, the, and I listen to it all the time when I'm at work. And, and you go like, I want to give a shout out to somebody who's been here 20 years, whatever, so-and-so. I'm going to give, give a shout out to Miss Mika at 2435. She's holding it down at the customer service end. I'm totally going to do that. I'm going to start just calling in daily. Just give everybody shout outs. And now here's Devo. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we've had we've had some. I mean, we, they played Super Tramp the other day, and then but when Jess dropped me off, I was I was uh, singing ABBA. I was singing Dancing Queen. Then when I walked into the store, I heard Take a Chance on Me. I'm like they really are playing ABBA. It's ABBA Radio. ABBA Radio. <laughs> we should just make it up. They don't. They probably don't know who's really working there, and just test it. I don't know. I'd like to send a shout out to uh, Gary Wolf. <laughs> oh, don't, don't think I haven't already figured that one out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna start calling in. And uh, she's been here 25 years. It's Mrs. Uh, Luna Bashan. <laughs> it's it's G. Up yourself. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I'd like to send a shout out to the sexiest cart pusher alive, Jason Knight. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> And Troy Martin. <laughs> and Troy Martin. District, tar- district manager. Troy Martin. Martin. That's Target. The, the, only, the only problem with saying Troy Martin is I, I'd probably get a phone call from Shane. Hey, why you put me on blast? Like, why are you listening to Walmart radio? <laughs> you worked at Target. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he works at, he works at Target now? Well, Walmart didn't cut it for him. It wasn't satisfying enough. It wasn't hardcore. Oh, it's hardcore. He'll be back. He'll be back to hit. Yeah, he he went to Target, then to Walmart, then back to Target. It's like when he went to WWF. You know, he'll be back to ECW. He'll see that. He'll see that the um, that the uh, the produce ain't cheaper on the other side. Well, before we get into our episode of ECW that we're going to talk about, I actually got an email from a listener this week, a gentleman named Brad. He's actually emailed us before, so thanks for listening and thanks for participating, Brad. Hey, he, Brad. He wanted to know, it says, hey, fellas, wondering if I give you some names from ECW, could you tell me if you think they are overrated, underrated, or rated just right? (laughs) He has a a list of names here, so let's go through Brad's list, and I'll get Aaron's and then Chad's opinion. Is it an hour-long list? (laughs) 
<laughs> you're you're Please. you're helping us out this week, Brad, by giving us something to fucking talk about. Thank the you. whole '96 roster, hopefully. Like, <laughs> yeah, Chris, no shit. Chris, Chris Chetty. <laughs> um, the first name on the list: Aaron. Overrated, underrated, or rated just right? Sandman. Oof. Uh, rated just right. Well, so. where's your rated? I mean, I mean, if if you ask me, I mean, he's not. Obviously not the greatest wrestler in the world, and like I've never not enjoyed watching his matches. He's just kind of, he's kind of a gimmick, babyface or heel. I mean, it's just kind of what he is. He is what he is. So that's why I'd say he's rated just right. Uh, I guess that makes sense because I don't have any anything in my, I don't have anything that really says overrated or underrated. And I guess he's where it was where ECW was supposed to be at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that, I think it was I terrible, would, but people liked him. I, I, and I, I would also, agree, I'd also put it up. Sorry, Nate. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I would agree just because if Sandman's on, <coughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to fast forward through it or switch it. I'm going to be interested in what's going on, but I've also never said, Hey, I really want to watch said Sandman match. You know, I've never, yeah. I've never been like seeking it out, but if he's on, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change the channel. And the, funny thing is you, the, the funny thing is you said on. On what? Everything. Whatever he happens to be on on that fine <laughs> evening. Whatever whatever night that was, right? And plus, I'd also say it that way because I think he would say it that way. I think he'd, he'd never go out there and be like, I'm the greatest wrestler in the world or anything like that. He knew what he was, and that's what he was. So did his family. <laughs> they they knew what he was, too. <laughs> Stupid drunk. I think plus, <laughs> plus watching him try to boogie board that big fucking surfboard into the ring, Cabrini is one of the greatest things. <laughs> but, in my life. but that that's like one of the fucking that's like one of the best ribs that did never happen is to make him carry that sand that surfboard everywhere he went when ECW <laughs> expanded. You know what I mean? You know how a lot of guys had to carry their gimmick with them in the bag or whatever, but he had to carry his big surfboard around with them. It, it, he got rid of the surf. I think mean, I think he smartened up and said, ah, "I can't be doing this. I can't be carrying a surfboard around anymore." I think I know what the answer is going to be for the next guy, Tommy Dreamer. Overrated, underrated, or rated just right? Uh, um, I'd say overrated. I agree. Like, are we, talking, are we just talking their ECW? I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't, there's, he didn't specific. I'm assuming he just means overall, like how they're overall perceived, I guess. Hopefully I'm getting your gist there, Brad, but how they're perceived in general, you know, as history would tell it or whatever. I would say Dreamer's left, overrated. Once he left that company, he didn't really do anything. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Aaron, you're right. He, he he's, over, he's overrated in general. But in ECW, he was just right. Outside of ECW, and what's he doing now? What's he helping book fucking TNA, the best show on TV that nobody watches kind of thing? I don't know if he has that job anymore. Didn't they fire him because of the dark side of the ring thing? No, he's still there. Oh. Yeah, yeah, TNA don't give a shit. No, they. What do they care? Nobody's watching them. <laughs> yeah, they ex- they exist in their own like space time continuum anyway. So, but like his entire career, his entire career is latched onto the fact that he was a likable guy to the promoters, and he always kind of had a job that way. Yeah, and he was a great he was a great locker room guy. Like he could he he would smooth over problems. You know, instead of having Paul go deal with it because you know paul would probably just fire you <laughs> or whatever if you were the catalyst to a problem and paul would be like you know what it's over never mind but but dreamer would be like i mean i've seen it I've, i think i've even been a part of it when dreamer if he had a problem they would just send dreamer he would try to smooth it over but dreamer as a whole i would say in ecw like you said aaron he was just right but anything other than that is just he just, to me, he's worthless. And believe me, I hear him three or four days a week on Busted Open. As a, you know, and it, everything is peachy to him. Like, he can't even say anything sucks, you know. Nothing sucks to him. But, you know, but the whole entire time, his whole existence pretty much sucks. 
You should about, you should have an opinion on what sucks because you suck. Yeah, what about what about Taz? Oh brother. Oh, oh brother. I think Taz, Taz to is, me is I, Taz I think to Taz me is, is underrated. Um, well, I don't think he's underrated or overrated. I think he's I think he's another one that's exactly where he should be, but I think it's a good thing. You know? I, I mean, not like Dreamer where, you, where I could take him or leave him and he'd be like, all right, well, you can put Mickey Mouse fucking out there or whatever. But I mean, but yeah, Taz to me was that's where he should be. And and it, and it it's it's special when it comes to this episode, especially, right? Mm-hmm. No, Taz was Taz was a gem. ECW would have never been where where it got if it wasn't for Taz. And that's my opinion. And then post post ECW, a super entertaining color commentator too. Oh yeah, I mean he still is. Mm-hmm. Was it? He's on AEW Elevation Dark PM <laughs> Nighttime Edition. <laughs> good, 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 good morning, AEW. Yeah, whatever the show is that he's on, he's doing overnights. <laughs> in between, in, in between Orange Cassidy matches, he's talking about the Ukraine missile crisis. Like it's the news updated with Taz. Yeah, Putin. Yeah, that Putin. Yeah, fucking Putin. What do you think, Aaron? Um, I think he's underrated, and um, the fact that, like, when he got to the WWE, it was kind of like a thing where I was talking about Dreamer got there, and it was just like whatever. But if they would have <laughs> kept that role going with him, he could have been a much bigger star than he what he wound up. They just kind of they dropped the ball on him. I think it well, wasn't. I, I, it I wasn't. It wasn't him looking up to them. It was them not doing what they should have done right with the character. I heard a story about when they brought Taz in for the first time, and he went to the to to the tower, and then when Vince saw him and saw how big he wasn't, he kind of he kind of was like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) Like that was the whole entire that was the whole entire no push for you. It's kind of unfortunate for Taz, and it, it, the timing wasn't too off. But he shows that he he makes his debut in January two thousand at the Royal Rumble, and then one month later, the Radicals show up. And if he could have just kind of been lumped in with that, it might have been different for him. Or if he would have been, if if he would have led the charge mm-hmm. for the Radicals, you know, he he would have yeah. been like, you know. I'm not here by myself. You know, that, that stupid whole NWO gimmick. I'm not here by myself. I mean, you know what? Actually, no, I take that back. I wouldn't want to have Taz even associated with them. I don't think I would have because I, I, I thought Taz was special when, I, when they well, brought I, him in. I guess I'm just saying it from you. You were talking about looking at it from Vince's perspective because um, none of those guys were huge guys. So maybe if he came in with them, it would have been better for him because – as a faction, they kind of convinced Vince that I guess I'm, I, I know what I'm trying to say, but it's not coming out right. Yeah, they were it's big, the bigger by numbers, not necessarily together. Yeah, What's bigger by numbers. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't. <laughs> history, history is what it is. We can't go back in time. What about RVD? Oof, I, I'll, I'll I'll defer to Aaron on this one. Um, there's no way you could say that RVD's overrated i mean i think that guy is and, and he's not underrated he's he's properly rated in my opinion i mean he's one of the fucking best i've never seen the dude have a bad match i've never really seen him sober fuck anything up well i don't care if he was sober or whatever i've just never really seen him fuck anything up like i he's amazing in my opinion yeah, I mean, he—he's the guy that you gotta separate from the whole entire bunch of the guys that you're probably gonna name. Like, no, Rob's special. You know, he—he he was special before he got there. He was special when he got there, and he would have been way more special after he left. But he just had—I'm not even—I'm not even gonna say it was demons. He just knew what the hell he wanted to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't like you know, it wasn't. Be, oh, sure, he failed drug tests and shit like that, but his work didn't suffer from it. And, you know, he just like, if I don't want to do this, I ain't doing it. And I I think he knew that what, what, I don't want to say it. 
what he had going for him was, and re- the reason he didn't give a fuck is because he knew he could go anywhere and fucking make money. You know what I mean? Like he didn't, he didn't need the WWE to make money. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. So if they were like, fuck, like do this or don't do that, he could have just been like, fuck you. I'll, I'll just go home and like, I can go to Japan or I can go to Mexico or I can go to the independent circuit and probably make more money working for those guys than he did working for Vince. The only, the only bad thing about what you said was, you're right, is that you're right, exactly. But the only bad thing about what you said was, at that time period, like, a lot of them territories were a little more dried up. And they weren't paying, like, big, you know, they weren't paying big bucks. A, a lot of guys ended up there, and it was a disappointment for them when they realized, you know, with the economy in Mexico. Japan's fine, but they ain't letting everybody in Japan. You know what I'm saying? Not every Tom, Dick, and Rob Van Dam can just go to Japan and, and make a ton of money. So you had to be, like, basically invited. And Mexico, Mexico was just a place to go for your resume. In my in my book, it was, anyway. That's why I didn't go. What about Jerry Lynn? I don't know. He's, he, he's an underrated in my book. <laughs> like, I love Jerry. I mean, I've hung out with Jerry a million times, and he loved me, and we hung out. I just... I didn't see any value there at all. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything like charisma. I didn't see, I saw talent. That, saw, yeah. That's it, just, that. that's what I was about to say was, I think the thing that hurt him the most was the fact that it, as much as I, I, I mean, one of my favorite matches ever is on one of those hardcore heaven DVDs. It's Jerry Lynn versus too cold at just a hardcore heaven show or, it just if you ring that it's it's the uh you know they say when the bell rings when the bell's not ringing is what hurt jerry i think just <laughs> you know i never saw him cut a good promo <laughs> um and he just didn't have the charisma like you said it's but i mean fundamentally everything was great he had awesome matches with anybody that was of his caliber but he just didn't do enough to stand out well he didn't have a gimmick there wasn't a gimmick <laughs> only time he ever jerry had a the only time he ever had a gimmick was when they put a hood on him and called him Mr. JL in WCW. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. Oof. He should have stuck with that. Like, literally, how about he, he sticks with that? He sticks with Mr. JL. Then he goes back to ECW. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the match, he rips the mask off or something. And then, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. at least that would have gave the people a reason to pop. <laughs> you right. Know what I mean? Yeah. Overrated. Huh? I think he's overrated. Just because you're a great worker doesn't mean that you're the best thing in the fucking world. Joey yeah. Mags, Joey Mags could work. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. like, well, Jer- Jerry was also kind of sloppy too, like with his high spots. And, th- and that's not a that's not a bad thing because I'm sloppy with my high spots. And a lot of times I like the way that looks, you know, when a guy doesn't hit somebody, you know, when, when, what the, what the faces, what, what, like psychosis or any of them guys hit them high spots and they look so fucking perfect, you know, mm-hmm. but when I hit it, my, you know, my leg might hit him the wrong way or something like that. That to me looks real. And that's yeah, it's how, much more convincing. Yeah. That's how Jerry was. Jerry, when he did his high spots, they weren't fluid. You know, he wasn't La Parka. He wasn't Jerry Mysterio Jr. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think Jerry's remembered differently because, or remembered, how do I say it? I think they got behind him because Paulie was like, "This is a guy you should be behind." You know what I mean? It wasn't. Babyface. They cheered him because they were basically told to cheer him. I think. Yeah, babyface. They needed babyfaces at the time. You had Mikey, Dreamer, and then you needed, you know another third tier babyface. I guess he worked. He got over. I mean, I guess he got over, right? Because I was yeah, gone yeah. by the time. I mean, he, he got over in ECW mostly because of his matches with Van Dam. So maybe that was Van Dam and not Jerry Lynn. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, well, I'm that's not a, saying that, that Jerry Lynn wasn't a fantastic wrestler. I'm just saying I think he's overrated. I mean, he's kind of like fucking milk bread, white, boring <laughs> bread. I mean, I just don't. I don't fucking care about him. Like if he like I don't when I'm thinking of like oh I'm gonna watch I don't think of Jerry Lynn when I think of like dudes I have to watch their matches of. But that's 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 a beautiful thing when you can get a guy over just by who you work with. You know what right. I mean? 
a lot of guys would love to have, to have that happen. To, I mean, I don't know. There's a guy that wrestles recently, um, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> I mean, uh, what? Uh, Andy Kaufman kind of got him over. <laughs> you know what I mean? A maybe, bit. maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like, I, stuff I, like that. You, you never know what's going to catch, and that's that's awesome, you know. It, but yeah, Rob's just Rob's good, man. Rob is really good in the ring. It is what it is. All right, maybe one or two more here. His list is long. Um, how about the pit bulls? Never mind. Next, who we got? We got uh, the Wolfman. <laughs> is the Wolfman on here? Raven's on the list. What about Raven? Underrated, underrated overrated, or right where he should be? I think he's underrated. I do too. Um, I'm going to say he's right where he should be. I mean, I don't know where they think that he is. <laughs> you know I mean, mm-hmm. it all depends on where do you think he is. I think, I think if I'm if I'm looking at just my interpretation of this whole thing, uh, I think of the whole like, how does he? How does this person get talked about, or does this person get talked about when you hear people talk about wrestling and the history of it? And he doesn't get enough credit, I don't think, for how good he was. In the oh, history. clearly, yeah. Because I don't think I don't think Scotty ever wanted the credit. Or at, at that time frame, I don't think there was credit to be given. You know, it wasn't like there was there wasn't awards for the secret backstage booker of the year kind of award. It was just Scotty who would be like, eh, well, why are we going to do this? Why are we going to do that? Why don't we do this? And then Paul would just change his mind because Scotty would talk him into, you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was figured in to the booking thing. Where he was booking shit, he would just go, eh, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why don't we just do this? You know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Scotty was, yeah, he, yeah, he had, he had his, well, did you see him do anything he didn't want to do? Nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he wasn't putting over fucking Chad Austin. <laughs> Aaron, your, uh, your assessment? I just think he's underrated because, like, I don't think a lot of the, Bigger companies valued what they had when they had him, in my opinion. I think he was absolutely like rated fine in ECW, but like I said, I'm trying to think of like the whole of their career of WWF and WCW didn't know what they had when they had him. You know? And another thing is with Scotty was he didn't take anything serious. So you gotta figure when you go to a big company. Like you know the, the the WWE or whatever, and he's gone and he's doing with voice with dubs on uh Coliseum videos, and he's singing the Doors and shit like that with girl. You know what I mean? Like he didn't take anything seriously. He mm-hmm. didn't take anything seriously. So when he, when you walk into the office, what you got big ideas, you know, and you're a great booker and all, but you you're a, you've been a ham bone on TV for months. Like you know what is Vince gonna be? Oh wait. Listen to this guy. Yeah, the clown over here has something to say. Yeah, break on through to the other side. Well, did you hear what he said? The the um, the first time we came when he left when he, he left WCW went back to ECW and then went back to the WWE. Did you hear what he said the first time? He, the what Vince said the first time he saw him. No, they were, they were passing each other in the hallway, and Vince looked over, looked at him. And then kept walking and looked at Pat Patterson and was like, who the fuck hired Scott Levy back? <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I could see that. And that, and that, and that when he was, hired, was like, that's what I knew. He's like, that's what I knew. This isn't going to be great. <laughs> is that when he was hired to do voiceovers? No, this is when he, he like came back just as Raven. Like it, after, like it was right after like the second time he came to ECW and he was there for like, I think like four or five months just because he couldn't go to WCW right to the WWE and they hired yeah. him and they hired him back and he said Pat 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 Patterson and Vince were walking by him and he goes, Who the fuck hired Scott Levy back? <laughs> He's like, I, well, I can totally see that. That's not a good sign. Well, yeah, I can totally see that. Well, this episode of ECW that we are gonna review, it shouldn't take too <laughs> long. Um so Project thanks, Brad, Brad for asking those questions. Yeah, thanks, Brad, for giving us some content for this week. May yeah, we're already 30th, have thought. We're already halfway 19... through the show. <laughs> yep, absolutely. 1995. And, of course, we start with footage from last week's show with all the uh, 
the shenanigans with Shane Douglas, Cactus Jack, and Sandman. And then Joey Styles intros the show and takes us to a fan cam that is catching up with Commissioner Gordon and his comments mm-hmm. on Bill Alfonso. Leaving, I think he's leaving a chase bank. <laughs> he's being chased from a bank? I think he just put the deposit for the golden diamond Gordon pawn shop or whatever, and he's leaving the Chase Bank. This is 94, <laughs> 95, so it's probably like fifth, third. He's leaving fifth, third. Huntington. He's Huntington make, making sure the checks don't bounce. He's, he's hurrying up, hopping in cab through cab to get to the bank to make sure the checks don't bounce. It, it's funny that you said um, about last week, because I my, the first two words that I wrote from the show, the show was, of course. It's last week. It's always last week. Last week. <laughs> I can't believe we're still not in Cabrini. <laughs> last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Gordon essentially says, um, talks about the troubleshooting referee sent, of course, as we talked about by the state athletic commission, Bill Alfonso to enforce rules. And he wants to, uh, em- emphasize that in ECW there are no rules. So. Yeah, and then, he, and then he says Shane likes anal or something. <laughs> I thought I thought at one point that he said, instead of saying Alfonso, he said Alfresco. I, I wrote that down. Like, did he just say Alfresco? He's got a JT mush mouth. He probably did. Troubleshooting referee Bill Alfredo. Yeah, Bill Alfredo. Alfresco. <laughs> <laughs> Bill likes to eat outdoors. Look at this. Miss Chess just walked in. Holy mackerel. Look at that piece of ass. Holy shit. She might get done tonight. <laughs> well, maybe not. I think it's a short show. Uh, then Joey talks about how tonight Jack and Sandman are going to have another match, like Chad said. We watched Cactus Jack and the Sandman are going to have another match this week on the show. And the winner is going to be defending. I, I assume they're saying that night against Shane Douglas. Was that the what? That's the gist I got yeah, right there. It was the it was a TV taping or whatever, and the winner of this match has to face Shane Douglas later in the show, and they're going to show us that match next week. And this was Eddie and Dean. No, uh, Sandman and Sandman and Cactus Jack. He, this is Joey talking oh. about that upcoming. Yeah, yeah. Joey basically says that Sandman and Cactus are fighting at this show. The winner, obviously, will be the champion and has to defend against Shane, and they'll show us that match next week, and then they'll show it again to <laughs> us in two weeks. Okay. <laughs> sure, they, sure they will. And then two weeks from then, we'll still be seeing the same match. <laughs> we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Oh, we got yeah. a short time to go and a long time to get there. <laughs> yep. Flip it. Yeah, you're right. Flip yeah. it. ECW, ass backwards. <laughs> Well, then Joey introduces us to footage of Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko um, having a match at the previous show. I noticed they used Dean Malenko's WCW music when, uh, oh, when they, they, over, they played over. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They played like all seven minutes of his WCW music. The remix. Yeah, well, but, I mean, that, that, that was a long-ass song. But he was already in the ring. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They played it forever. It was like Stairway to Heaven. Is anybody like the extended version? I'm going to plead ignorant because I don't know. Does anybody know what Dean Malenko would have actually come out to in ECW? Perfect Strangers. Oh, did he? Did, but with yeah. being associated with Shane? Okay, okay. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I just I guess I plead the fifth. I never knew. Um, so Joey is joined. This is how we do it. By Montel Jordan. Yeah, this is how we do it. By Montel Jordan. Here's Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko's theme song. I'm sure. <laughs> and was Eddie wearing his black tiger singlet? Yeah. Like it. Yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, he, he totally was, yeah. I, I didn't even catch that. I mean, now that you mention it, that I, I can visualize it in my head. Yeah, he was wearing his black tiger, tiger outfit. Well, before or during the match, as the match gets started, uh, Joey introduces his... Um, partner or his special guest color commentator that's going to be with him it's taz but he intros taz by his shoot name um and i assume 
What was the, what do you think the reason was for that? Because they wanted the insiders to like the fact that they knew who they were talking about. And they wanted the people that didn't know what they were talking about be to be surprised that it was Taz. Well, it was, it was because of the whole gimmick change. Yeah. They're humanizing him. He's not a monkey boy anymore. What? He's not a monkey boy. He was never a monkey boy. Like, Jason called him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's what it was. It was all it was just all because he was going through that gimmick transformation where he wasn't gonna be the you know monkey boy as as, as you put it. Jason <laughs> said it happened. He was Taz. This was this was right around the time where I worked him when he became Taz. And I was the guy that uh when Paul introduced him as Taz and then I said, like, you know, I'll be more than happy to work the Tasmaniac. And then Paul says, I'm not going to tell you again. Don't call him the Tasmaniac. You call him Taz. And I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll wrestle you and Taz. And he's like, all right, go get him. Like, that, that was that was literally that probably that weekend. Like, at a spot show that we mm-hmm. did that. If, if I wasn't the first guy to work Taz as Taz, I had to have been the second or, or the third guy. And I think I was the first guy to work him as Taz. It, it was it was all the same. He he fucking this fucking cocksucker threw, threw me out on the floor and he told me to come running at him and I didn't even know what the hell he was gonna do. And I just came running at him and he he belly to bellied me like in all one motion, like over his head, like out on the floor. Like I had no idea what he was gonna do. He just charged me. So I charged him, and he just kind of threw me over his head, like, on the floor. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's enough of that. Uh, so I, I crawled my way back to the ring. I was like, we're taking this back into the ring. We're not doing any more of this outside-the-ring stuff. That's not happening. So work, working with him, was he um, was he a – was he a really, like, a, a strong guy? Like, was he a guy that was going to put you where, you where he wanted you to go? Or yeah. was it – okay. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, was for, a, for a midget, I, I love doing that. I love, I love that. I hope Taz, yeah, for a midget, he was a pretty strong little guy. <laughs> no, no, Taz was a Taz was a powerhouse, man. Like he, he's the one that saved me from doing the Hurricane Rana, um, over the top rope where I was supposed to land on the shoulders, and he was either a step behind me or I was a step too close to like not being there that he saved me from hitting my head on the floor. Cause he caught my ankles. <laughs> like literally it's like a cartoon. Like when a guy jumps over something and he's going all the way down and somebody just stops him by grabbing their ankles and he grabbed my ankles. Yeah. And then he shuffled my way back up to a power bomb and the power bomb was a lot easier than what would have happened. Right. If, if if Mr. Uh, Snickers bar didn't catch me, whatever his name is. I've been watching a lot of like Raven stuff and reading just, like interviews with him and shit. And he said that Taz in the locker room would get mad at him because he would make him laugh. Like he he's like, that's how fucking grumpy Taz was. He would get mad at you if he made him laugh. Fuck yeah, brother. <laughs> Fuck brother. He, he would tell you to stop it. Stop it, brother. Cause he had to walk around all pissed off. And if, if he walks around with a smile on his face, he looks like Genki Sudo. Like, <laughs> when he brought in the Tory Mon guys, remember they showed the video of him suplexing them guys. That would have been him. If he was caught walking around smiling, Hey, you know, cause he couldn't, he couldn't do that, man. And ECW, that's just the way it was. Sandman was Sandman. Shane walked around there like, you know, like he was Shane. Everybody did the. Everybody just did their gimmick, but they did their gimmick, like to an extent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they weren't gonna walk up to you. You know, Taz would be. You know, Taz. I'd be walking up to him, and he'd be spraying himself with the hot stuff and all that stuff. And he's like, "Well, you know, what do you want to do, brother?" And I'd be like, "Well, you're winning. So what do you want to do?" Uh, how many places do you plan on throwing me? That kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that's the way that it was. But everybody, you know, Sandman was Sandman. He he walked over to him. He's sitting over there with beer cans all around him. Just you know, he's half passed out, kind of shit. Nah, <laughs> fuck him. 
stupid idiot. Well, of course, here now, like I said, we have we have Taz with Joey on commentary discussing this match. It's Eddie Guerrero against Dean Malenko. You're never going to go wrong with this. Um, and I actually put that, um, and we'll get to the. It's a 30 minute draw, which we'll get to the nuts and bolts of the match if you guys want to. But my no, one of my, my right. one of my one of my main notes here is um, this match, even cut to pieces, is better than most other matches you're going to see. It's a blueprint for every single independent match that followed it. <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> that, that's what it, it was. It was called. It's when the whole entire independent world found out what the fish out of water spot is. <laughs> you know what spot I'm talking about? I think you've discussed it before, but I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, it's the Frankensteiner roll through, go for a roll up, push your face down, roll back up, go back through. Like that whole entire thing that's been done to fucking death. I mean, I mean, if, if you want to go back and watch AEW Dark from tonight, it was I'm sure there was four matches on there that did the same exact thing. Or good yeah, morning, that, a- that's, that's good spot. morning AEW tomorrow. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> just, the spot, and, and and that was the first time in America. I mean, I, I saw it before that in Mexico and other places, but that was the first time that it that it started getting done to death. You know, because they did it. I mean, it it take like it took like like two minutes, you know. If you did it the right way, you could eat up three minutes out of a match by doing the same spot, and you know, mm-hmm. and and it gets the same pop. It still gets the same pop. They got the same pop on Nitro and shit when they did it, you know, like years later. Oh, fish out of water. AEW Magnum PI is that one of their shows? That's that's what I think it is. After dark. Aaron, your comments on this matchup? AEW up all night. They're going to bring back Ron this year. All night, yeah. Ron this year. Or the the girl with the black hair, the girl that did the ghost. What what was her name? Elvira? Elvira. (laughs) AEW presents Elvira after AEW Dark. With Ronda Shear. And Sven (laughs) Gulli. And Dan Housen. It just Dan Housen just pops up. Who's my favorite character, by the way, nowadays? Like, I wish he would just show up in life. Like, you know, like when I'm at work, that Dan Housen would just come through the line. <laughs> Can I check your receipt, Mister Housen? <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, I, I totally wish somebody would do that. Very um, nice, a very nice, very evil receipt. Oh, very nice, very expensive. <laughs> I don't have a lot of notes on it, like you said, because it was a little clipped up, but also because it was a good match, and I was just watching it. And I don't when I, when a match is good, and I don't have a lot. You know, a match is good. I know we say it a lot when you don't have a lot of notes, and these guys mm-hmm. couldn't have a, these guys couldn't have a bad fucking match if they wanted to. Even when they got to WCW, they'd only get like six minutes on Nitro. It was still the fucking best thing on the goddamn show. So, well, isn't that what Bischoff always touted? That's the reason why they put them on like the first hour, yeah. Because Aaron, they they wouldn't give them they wouldn't give them just six minutes. They might got they may have gotten twelve minutes, you know, on um on a on a nitro or whatever. Because all Bischoff was doing was looking at what the other show was doing, you know, and mm-hmm. they're just doing whatever interviews and squat or squashes or whatever but they're like well look at these two fucking monkeys <laughs> you know what i mean they're going out there flipping and flopping and you know doing everything and the crowd's eating it up and that you know that's that's one of the funny things about like how when the you look at like the shows nowadays how bischoff talks about what he would have done differently blah blah you know all that kind of stuff yeah i had it <laughs> you know you had it right there but yet you thought that Jericho wasn't big enough or wasn't good yeah, enough. That's what I was going to say. The WCW, you go back and watch, do the Nitro era, say from like 96 to until uh, they start, till they really fell off a cliff after Starcade 97, maybe even into a lot of 98. 98, you, 98 you, was you, probably you, about it. You watch WCW in that three-year period. And two, I think pretty much what you were getting at, Chad, is the same thing I think of. If I go back and watch one of those pay-per-views now, I'm going to watch the first hour and hour and a half, 
maybe. And then after that, it's done because your 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 mid card and low level talent was so much more talented than your main event talent. It was ridiculous. It was nine. It was ninety eight when WCW completely fell off. Like, of course was, it was ninety eight. And I know we're not talking about WCW on here, but when they when they just completely squashed Goldberg, that was it. Like it was like you guys are done. And I'm not even a huge Goldberg fan. But it's like. From a business perspective, it was it was moronic. Yeah, it was you know you it, it was bringing bringing in all them people, and then at the same time you're still trying to put on the people that are getting you the ratings that people wanted to see like the Guerreros and all, but all of a sudden their time always seemed to get diminished. Mm-hmm. You know because you had to get Goldberg. Oh shit, can't forget Goldberg. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta give Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper twenty minutes in a cage. Oh yeah, and we gotta figure out some way to embarrass Flair. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't forget about that. Most ignorant thing. Obviously, I didn't hear him say it. Most most ignorant thing Eric Bischoff ever said was in that meeting, and more than one person has said it that he brought all the WCW guys together and looked at them all in a, in a meeting and said, the only three guys here that ever drew a dime were Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and Roddy Piper. With Ric Flair in the room. Ric Flair is standing right there. What you, say? you said it was Hogan, Flair, and who? No, Bischoff had a meeting with the WCW talent because there were people complaining and said anybody that wanted to leave could leave because the only people on his roster that ever drew a dime were um, Hogan, uh, Piper, and Savage. And fucking Ric Flair was standing right there. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's because he's probably looking at the books from when Jim Hurd was still booking. That's probably why. Yeah. I'm sure he wasn't. Rick- I'm sure he wasn't looking at the books from Greensboro in '86 or no, no, yeah. no. The Great American Bash from '85. Yeah. No, no, no. And that's that. That makes total sense from coming from somebody who just doesn't have any idea what the fuck they're doing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. This Rick match never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, just it, a, it's, it's just a stupid, stupid statement. Yeah. And the and the worst part is that you got to remember when Ric Flair was was uh, champion. You know, I don't know, just say seven years prior to that, he had to be voted on by a committee based upon places that he was going to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, oh, he he didn't. Oh, he. Why would we put Ric Flair as champion when he couldn't draw in St. Louis? He can't draw here. Oh. Dallas, no, no, he's no bunny, no, no, but let's put the belt on him. <laughs> yeah, makes a lot of sense. And that's why Eric Bischoff, I will always say, great TV guy. He knew the television business, but he didn't know the wrestling business. That's a lot of people's downfall, man. That, I mean, that's a lot of people's downfall. See, that's me, a lot of the, that's a lot of the story of WCW after Turner bought it too. Is yeah, but TV it wasn't people. WCW's fault, right? Right. You know, you could you can't point the finger at at, at Bischoff. I mean, you can point the finger at Bischoff to an extent because at, at at some point in time, Bischoff became an egomaniac, and and he took over. You know, his ego took over for that. But you got to look at like the whole management thing. You know. Like just today on A and E, they had the NWO versus whatever WWF, whatever on A and E, and and they were just laughing at at, 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 uh, at WCW because, like they always said, like the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. You know, they couldn't get a clear cut answer from anybody in the business. You know, yeah, was- Bobby Bobby Heenan, uh, I forget which DVD it's on. Maybe the nitro. I don't remember, but but Bobby Heenan's talking about it, and he's like, uh, essentially, to the extent of pretty much, he felt like sometimes him and Tony Schiavone should have been popping out from behind the hay, like they were on Hee Haw or something, right? <laughs> With the farmer's daughter. Yeah, <laughs> they they tried all that too. <laughs> when Just, they put the belt, when they put the belt on David Arquette, and he was like, "Who's gonna beat him for it, Jaja Gabor?" <laughs> That's classic Bobby Heenan right there. My favorite WCW line of Bobby Heenan was when uh, when Nate was just talking about the Radicals, when Malenko, um, Benoit, Saturn, and uh, Eddie um, 
were threatening to quit. Everybody was talking about it. And Conan said Bobby was talking to him. And he goes, hey, did you hear the news? And he goes, yeah, they're all threatening to quit. And he goes, no, Maestro's in there threatening to stay. (laughs) 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 He's making fun of Maestro. (laughs) True story. I worked an independent show that my cousin booked. Had me on it, and he booked Stro on the show. And this guy had like it was like a nineteen, like eighty three kind of like Cadillac that was kind of souped up, but like in a Pep Boys souped up way, Western Auto way. <laughs> you know, it didn't have rims; it had wheel covers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then he walks over to me, and he's like, "Hey, Chad, I'm looking at him. Like, hey, man, how you doing?" He's like, "I'm, I'm the Stro." Oh. <laughs> Oh, the stroke. And then I, I looked at my cousin. I just shook my head at him. And he was like, well, he was the guy that worked for WCW. He was the maestro guy. So why is he telling me he's the stro guy? I'm, I'm a I'm a Miller guy. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Stroh's. Yeah, you would have been like, yeah, you are pretty cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is like, you're like $13 a case. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I get it. No wonder and, you and, and, and what and you and, and you still you will, you to open me. That's how you, will, <laughs> you, will, you also you also will result in the sh- you also will result in the shits. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Sure. <laughs> well, after the thirty-minute draw between Guerrero and Malenko, we get Joey back, and he's talking about the credentials of his commentating partner. Of course, they reveal. Said commentating partner was Taz. And then what I'm sure if it would have had the real music would have been a, a really good video. They show a video featuring highlighting Taz. Um, I, so, think that, like, I think the real song was War Machine. Yeah. Because that's what that's what became his um, entrance mm-hmm. song. I, and I know. That. Yeah, essentially here what they're doing is just like Chad said earlier, you were transitioning from the the Neanderthal Monk- character. He's a he's transitioning from monkey boy to judo thug warrior. <laughs> you said it. I'm not saying that out loud. Judo thug, judo thug warrior sounds like one of those com- competition shows. Um, it comes on right after the power slap league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the judo thug warriors. <laughs> they, they get a bunch of monkey boys just <laughs> hip tossing each other. Whoever can hip toss each other the strongest. <laughs> judo chop. <laughs> it's on ESPN, ESPN Quattro or whatever. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call Taz Monkey Boy because there's a good possibility that I will run into him, <laughs> you know, in my <laughs> immediate lifetime, and I don't Jamboree. ever want to get back to him. Hey, brother, you mean Monkey Boy? Uh, you know, you know, you're all small and dark. <laughs> Look at a monkey. Oh my God! Quit while you're ahead. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not going to say that about Taz. Just give him a nice onesie as a gift, and maybe he'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> the, the Tarzan onesie that he that he used to wear. He's a velvet. He's a velvet onesie. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, Taz. <laughs> well, after that, we get a, a promo from Raven. <laughs> And he's talking about his past, of course, with Tommy Dreamer, Beulah, and his past with Luna, whom he calls, a, his, whom he he calls, he calls a hideous gar- gargoyle. Yes, he calls her a hideous gargoyle. Well, he slept well, with her. I was about to say that. Well, hey, look, Scotty, you fucked her. <laughs> well, he admits it. He says, I'm ashamed that I fucked that gargoyle, and I don't want to do it again, but now I'm banging this hottie, so, you know. Yeah, that, that's completely ridiculous. You got to strike out every once in a while to get a home run. Like, not everybody's Babe Ruth. But why Why mention it on television? Because Tommy <laughs> brought it up. What's that? Because Tommy brought it up. But still, I would, I, would, I would acknowledge it. I slept with a bunch of fucking mutts, like, <laughs> in my life. And, and, and if Tommy Dreamer ever brought it up on television, I go, it's none of your business. He's a fucking liar. Yeah. Dude, I slept with your mom. That's what I would just say. Mommy dreamer. <laughs> Mommy dreamer? 
<laughs> Imagine what she looks like. Oh boy. She's got three yeah. ponytails. She's got I bet she has <laughs> I bet she has gig marks on her head too. Thanks for naming the show, Aaron. Mommy Dreamer. <laughs> Mommy Dreamer. I don't have to do any work now. All right. <laughs> Mom Dual the Butcher. That's a big bitch. All right. Swole. <laughs> so now we move on to our main event. <laughs> Once again, I'm Swole the Butcher or Nell Carter. I can't tell. <laughs> Nell Carter? Jesus. You can't think of any fat black women from like the last 30 years? Medea? Nell Carter? Lizzo? <laughs> yeah, Lizzo. <laughs> yeah. Any black person that wins the Grammy these days is the fat Precious? black woman. Precious? Precious? Like Jimmy Garvin's girl? No, that big fat black lady in that movie. Gabrielle's the baby. He, do you want to be on the show, Jess? <laughs> I just thought her. That's what I'm telling you. You shut the fuck up. I, 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 thought her name, over there. I thought her name was really precious. So. <laughs> 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 getting, getting us back on track. There's the no getting us back on track. Once again, Sandman versus Cactus Jack. And this is this is this is uh, pretty much the standard fare we've seen from these two guys. The past few weeks, um, and in the end, like I said, I mean, I don't have a lot of notes on it because a lot of this they've already done. It's not that it's bad; it's just that we've seen the we've same. Seen, yes, we've seen the same thing for that three table weeks in a row. Pretty crazy though. Where he yeah. flipped that table over the rope. That shit. Mm. Was crazy. And woman, <laughs> don't forget about woman. I yeah. thought woman looked. Uh, in this oh. case, I thought she looked exceptional. Yeah, there's not a lot of chicks that can pull off brown. Like a brown dude, dress. She yeah, she she pulled <laughs> off dude. She pulled off doo doo brown. All right, <laughs> she. I. I mean, literally, I actually paused it for a second. It was like looking at her. It's, it was the way that she kind of like stood on the ring apron before she kind of like went into the ring. And I was like, good lord, everybody in that building had to be like, that's a fucking hot ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Right there, could you look around? You see a bunch of drunk guys with mullets. You know what I mean? And drunk girls with mullets. I don't see any drunk girls. <laughs> yeah, and I just thought, like, you know, that 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 was the that to me was like the allure to woman. Yeah, the guys, the guys look like Hack Myers. The girls look like Ian Rotten. <laughs> Boy, that's it. That's why. I, that's why I never slept with any rats when I worked at ECW because I didn't want to sleep with Ian Rotten. <laughs> Well, Cactus Jack does get barbed wire involved in this match and hits Sandman with it. And he wasn't um, through that, Adam. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if it. I, I know, but I don't know. I don't know if it was something that I'm sure it was something he had planned. I know, but somebody just threw an Easter basket, like a wicker basket, full of like barbed wire in the ring, and Joey was like, "Who the fuck was that?" And they never even bring it up. I wonder if that was a gimmick. I wonder if that was planned. I think it was, but they never did anything with it. Like, it was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, right about here, like halfway through this, is um, I think when my I was having a problem with the cable because my cable went. We went through like a whole entire whatever they do that little test thing with your, you know, standby test whatever the thing, and I'm watching it and it's like, what's all missing half of the cactus match kind of kind of thing but when it came back on i was like i really didn't miss anything not much it was, you know. it was the same shit and of course the finish on this one is um cactus does hit the ddt on sandman and and almost gets the pin but shane douglas puts sandman's feet, foot on the ropes and See, that's while, what i missed while cactus is distracted by by shane douglas sandman hits him in the nuts with the cane and uh, gets the pin on Cactus Jack, retains the title. So now it will be Sandman and Shane Douglas next week for the ECW Championship. Well, aren't we lucky? <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> I mean, lucky us, right? Lucky, I mean, I guess lucky. back then that was a that was a thing of beauty, you know? 30 years ago, that was a thing of beauty. But you look at it now, and you're like, who the fuck's waiting, clamoring for this match? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> So overall, Aaron, what did you think of this episode of ECW? 
Well, we had to answer an email of about 15 guys that we thought were overrated or underrated and talk about WCW and Eric Bischoff more than we talked about the show. So that kind of tells us, yeah, what I thought of the show. It was <laughs> nothing happened. It was there. It, 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 it just so happens that Nate hit the post at like one hour exactly. <laughs> he's, he's wrapping it up. <laughs> but yeah, do we have any more questions? Nope. <laughs> yeah, the show's over. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's a it was a it was a treading water episode of ECW, pretty much. That's a good way. That's an interesting way of putting it. I, I agree. Nothing, nothing good, nothing bad, just nothing. Just it's, you know, it's the same matches week after week, and you know they they throw in just enough so you know it's a different match, but the same matchups and. Um, yeah, and we're heading into new stuff. Obviously, Shane's going to be on his way out. Um, we're getting a character change with Taz. I think Sabu comes back sometime soon, doesn't he? Yeah, this was basically this was basically a one match show, and then the Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko snippet was a commercial to get people to buy that tape that they're touting that had like the three. Don't even discredit the Malenko Guerrero Classic. Don't don't even discredit that. The best commercial ECW's ever produced, and I can't wait to not see it on Peacock when you know because they're not going to air the commercials for it. But that was the greatest commercial they ever they ever put together. As a matter of fact, it was a it was a it was so great that me and a buddy of mine when we lived down the beach. We, we stole the whole entire idea where we did two guys, two bikes, like 32 bars in one day. It was the Austin Houston Classic. That's what we did. We just went to each bar on our bike and, and drank like one beer. And we were listening to Perfect Strangers like while we, we were driving, riding our bikes down the street. We stole the whole entire idea. So don't, don't discredit that. It was good stuff. I wasn't discrediting it. I'm just saying that's what this show was. It was to sell that tape and to get their title show going and, and say that Taz is no longer a Neanderthal or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's still a fucking midget, bro. Fuck him. A lot of people think he was sitting down when Paulie was standing behind him. When they <laughs> him. He was standing. It, it was like when Andre the Giant does his interview with Vince uh, in, in, in the late seventies, early eighties, where Andre was standing on on the on the phone book or whatever, yeah. and Vince was all small. Like Vince could have been Taz, and then um, and Andre could have been Mikey, <laughs> or yeah. Paul Luria. I'm pretty sure Paulie was standing behind a standing Taz in that. Oh no, dude! I looked. He wasn't. I looked for that for the whole entire the way he was standing gimmick, and you could see his shadow. Like he was standing like right next to Taz because I was thinking like, how are they going to make Taz look bigger? Uh, you know, like on this, and they just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't. <laughs> Paul would have been all the way in the background, like on a, on, a, on a Raw when they're doing a promo in the in the back of the room is the hurt business. That would have been Paul back there doing the promo for Taz, so he would look taller. <laughs> Make Taz look like almost, almost. Yeah, could Aaron, you imagine that? Oof, <laughs> Aaron. Any parting words for our <laughs> listeners this week? Yeah, just thanks for listening, and um, hopefully next week is. Our show this week was great, but hopefully next week is a better episode of ECW to review. But thanks for listening to all the shows, and I appreciate it. Yeah, Chad? don't forget to go to Chad's Video Vault for all your latest video needs, because I'm not, I am not getting any of my stuff out on time. So if you order something, don't think you're going to get it in time by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but you can still pay me, and I'll, I'll get to it sooner or later. <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for joining us this week and uh, don't forget to find the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network on Facebook and Chad's video vault will have your videos to you by next St. Patrick's Day that's encouraging yeah. we'll see you no, next week a St. Patrick's Day <laughs> a St. Patrick's Day I'm not, I'm not going to fucking guarantee this shit I commit you to nothing <laughs> Yeah, tally-o. <laughs> <laughs>